there, everybody. This is Sam Gilstrap. Welcome to the podcast I know you've all been waiting for. Way back in, I think, was it November we were trying to get to 100, maybe even September? Dan? Yeah. Probably earlier. I Probably, don't yeah. remember exactly I when think, it was. I think, honestly, we eclipsed that mark on Christmas Day when we sat down with the one and the only Santa Claus. Um, it was a great conversation with Santa. We're going to have him back next year. Um, that was a that was a great thrill for us, but we really wanted to officially say, episode 100, how you doing? And tonight we're doing it. We're finally here. What's up, Dan? Yeah, I would like to say that this is actually episode 100 because we skipped a number. We did skip a number. Do you know what number we skipped, Dan? Not going to say. Yeah. Not worth it. I'll say it. Fuck 45. Yeah. There you go. You can all... Do your own research as to why I did that. If you are ghosty, you know the answer. Um, probably, yeah, probably F forty-seven too. Um, uh, I'm nervous. Let's not, I'm, let's, let's not, let's not think about there. the future. Let's not put that out there. But anyway, um, here we are. The 100th episode of the Ghost Sites podcast. It's going to sound a little different than it normally does. I am today joined by two of my closest, dearest friends, not named Dan Rib. They are brothers Brian and Alex Walsh. We've recorded pods together that have never seen the light of day, but maybe one day it'll be resurrected. I highly doubt it. Thank you, Alex. He, uh, he'll, he'll be hitting you with the dulcet tones tonight, not me. Um, we'll get to them a little later. First, we wanted to sit down and answer some of the great questions that our ghosties submitted to us via social media and other formats. There's a couple of questions out there that were really cool, and I wanted to make sure that we got answered. And Dan, the production moil, I think we'll get started with question one. Yeah? That's good potting right there. Yeah. Sam. Yes. <clears throat> Sorry, Mr. Gilstrap. Thank you. Would you want to star in a one-person show again? Um, I think I would. I auditioned for one while I was coming to a close with Theater of the Mind. They went in a different direction. Um, it, it's definitely a challenge in terms of like what my process is. I really look forward to having somebody else on stage to play off of. And when that other person is the audience, sometimes that's not, they're not the best scene partner. Sometimes they, they, whatever they bring into the room, maybe they've had a few, maybe they're just, they're just not comfortable being in that space, being approached by the actor to contribute to the moment. They might inadvertently derail the energy, and then that can be a struggle to try and get us back on track. Um, but that's the, kind of the fun thing with immersive theater, which isn't always the case when you're doing a one-person show. It can just be a monologue for two hours in front of people. And, and I feel like when you can find the balance between delivering the words and the character without boring the audience, then that is, that's fun theater, and I like that challenge. So if the opportunity presented itself, yeah, I'd rock another one-man show. I got the chops for it. Awesome. All right. Thank you. That is from It's 
Lowey. 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 Thank you. It's Lowey. Mm-hmm. Does that person have a name? That person does have a name, but I figured we, we keep them safe. Yeah, check them out. At it's Lowey. Um, oh wait, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Are yeah. we sure that wasn't from Gam Silstrap? D- it definitely wasn't. Um, there's going to be some questions that are going to sound like they were written by me, but they were in no way, shape, or form written by me ten minutes before we started recording. Not a single one. Not a single one of them. No. I've got a lot of fans, Brian. All of them are burner accounts. Stop it. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it, a lot of this pod is going to be mostly roasting Sam. So hey, it's episode one hundred. Yeah, it's this my is birthday. what this is what we've got here. Hope you got um, the paddles. <laughs> anyway, okay, are we ready to move on? Yes. Question yeah, two. Okay. So Sam, mm-hmm. ninety nine episodes. Uh, you have sat and you've talked and you've met and you've learned and you've uh, become friends with. So many people in the Denver theater community. Yeah, yeah. And uh, really getting to know them and really getting to know what makes them tick and where where they come from uh, is your specialty. And mm-hmm. so I would say you are uh, an authority on the inner workings of a lot of the minds of the Denver theater community. That's a lot yeah. of high praise. Um, <laughs> I so, certainly hope not. <laughs> um, so uh, another question, actually, from at its Lowy. Um, Lowy. Uh, God damn it. You have bad handwriting. I do. Um, let's really get into what makes this particular member of the theater community tick. Mm. Um, and this question goes, why doesn't Hauser shave his mustache? Yeah, I think you're referring to John Hauser. That's correct. Uh, John Hauser is... A unique Renaissance man. He makes his own guitars by hand. He plays the guitar very, very well. By he hand. Gets, by hand. Mm-hmm. Um, God damn it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what were you saying? Uh, He's makes a talented actor. Yeah. He's a very talented actor. Um, all around chill dude. And... Uh, I, I, I love the fact that he's kind of, he's got his own community of people around him that are really tight that, uh, that current you get and a, ex-roommates. Yeah. Current and ex-roommates. But like, it's just like the, the people that he keeps close, um, that I've had great exchanges with all of them for a very long period of time. So I feel like the mustache is indicative of just how awesome he is. And he doesn't have to shave it if he doesn't want to. John Hauser is his own man. And, uh, I feel like it should stay. Okay. Hmm? Any any thoughts? Do you guys know John Hauser? No. No. No, but I do know several mustachioed men uh, who I'd rather not name at the moment. Uh, yes. Uh, this is a table filled with four men with full facial hair, not just the mustache, yes. beards and mustache. We, so do, we do like the facial hair. We are not as bold as Hauser in just the, what do you call uh, is Is it handlebar at this point? Um. I- Yes, I call it. Um, I call it a seat cushion. Cool. <laughs> That's disturbing my my mind. All right, Next let's question. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's move on to something a little more personal. Uh, <laughs> and this question comes from the Irish Fire. Yes, um, Sam, mm. you are a very well-established bartender. Um, what uh, what theaters have you served up the drinks at? Um, I serve drinks predominantly out of Miner's Alley Playhouse. Mm-hmm. I have a great time up there. Um, I do not appreciate mixed drinks that include Coca-Cola and Bailey's. Um, but it's Disgusting. Yeah. It, it, sound, it tastes fine, especially when you 
put the caramel in there, but it is a time-consuming drink to make. Um, so I bartended up at Miner's Alley. Um, I bartended at Edge. I bartended for the Catamounts. Um, and hopefully I'll be bartending at Oscar Blues and Rhino very soon. Ooh, yeah. a little uh, a little hint of what's to come. So yeah. the question is, what is your favorite cocktail? My favorite cocktail is, I, I'm drinking it right now. Mm. It's rye whiskey on the rocks. Um, that way I can take my sweet time with a heavy pour. Um, that is not a cocktail, as I can read by the faces made by my guests tonight. I was trying to go for comedy, and clearly they were not amused. Um, I think I, that means you failed at the comedy if people didn't get it. Uh, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, Brian. But comedy's and not. <laughs> my favorite cocktail is a white Russian. End of, end of answer. End of quote. We're so um, uh, I think that ties in perfectly. I'll never actually, have you on this pot again. Uh, white Russians ties in perfectly with the next question yes. from <laughs> Jordana. Yes. Um, so th this has been a little bit of a, mm -hmm. a, a hot topic in the uh, Denver theater community, and yeah. um, we wanted to get your uh, thoughts on it. Um, what are your thoughts on inclusivity at the CTG Generals? I think that's a great question. Um, it was asked to me earlier, and I had done some cursory research when I answered it online for Instagram. And I've done a, a decent enough job kind of avoiding Facebook for the last year and a half. I post through Instagram, and then they share. So I'm really not on there scrolling through. Um, I could see that there were scheduled slots designed for BIPOC artists, and recent college graduates, and I believe another pocket of people that they had advertised in whatever I was sent via email to sign up for these Colorado Theater Guild auditions. Um, so with that being said, the particulars of where some of the changes came from most recently, I got an email right here that uh, starts off by saying a number of community members have shared feedback about our application and information process presented about the auditions. And I'm glad to see that they listen to the community that they're trying to promote. I think that's the key. Um, the CTG is, I feel, an important piece of the com Colorado theater community. And for them to have listened to feedback and made changes, I hope they're enough to satisf satisfy everyone. I don't, but as we all know, you can't make everybody happy. So there may be some pushback even still, but at the very least, they listen to the community. They're trying to do right. And it is a great opportunity for actors of any skill level at any stage in their career to get seen by a large number of theater communities in town and maybe even casting directors. I'm not sure who else is gonna be there, but. I think it's a great opportunity for people, and as long as they're, you know, being respectful and creating space for all voices to tell their story, then let's keep promoting that. Okay. Um, question. Yes, sir. Was the issue with the inclusivity that they lumped BIPOC and LGBTQ and all of the, like, like there was a small little section and they lumped literally everyone together? I think I think that's some of it. There was some confusion on whether there was a fee, and there mm. is no fee according to this email. Um, I, again, this is not my opinion. This is based like off of what was in the email. 
Um, number two says, in an effort to provide a gateway to the profession for recent or upcoming graduates that do not yet have the required five performance credits to, I guess there was a requirement in order to audition for the generals. Mm -hmm. You had to establish some form of a career in town. Um, so they've, the CTG will now accept any actor who has graduated from college, university, or similar intensive education programs as of May 31st of 2023. Um, for a wide number three here says for a wide range of mobility needs, Curious Theater has multiple access points. They wanted to make sure that everyone that had that may be differently abled has an opportunity to get into the facility and perform on the stage um, for who will ever be in attendance. So there's some of that. I I didn't. I mean, for me, I didn't even look at the sign-up sheet because I'm. I think I've been I've been acting since I was 27 in this community, and I don't want to sound too arrogant, but the last three years have been great for you. Yeah, I've been very fortunate. I've been very fortunate. So I hope I hope people understand and know my work, know my worth, and so I'm not going to sign up, but I feel like there should be people there that will, um, and I, if they're going to do everything they can to make sure everyone feels welcomed, everyone everyone i'll say it again mm -hmm. then kudos to them if they had done something anything that was falling short of that i'm glad they listened to community feedback to hopefully address those questions and concerns all right sam mm -hmm. um you you bring a lot of yourself to these podcasts it's one of the things that your ghosties enjoy mm. um Clearly, we're all going to enjoy this particular podcast because you've only brought yourself to it. Yeah. Um, but the question from Connery? The Canary. The <laughs> I have, I'm 0 for 3 on <laughs> the names I, of it. I think At I need to go back to kindergarten and work on my pen. I was going to say, Sam, Sam so spell Canary right now. C-A-N-A-R-Y. No, no, no. It's fine. It's just the A's all look somewhat like O's. Yeah, I was like, they do. The they do. The Connery. <laughs> That'd be great. Finally, something I know something about. Something about. Okay. Um, God damn it, Alex. The, the whole point of the podcast was to learn about others. Yes. But uh, this particular question is, through podcasting, what have you learned about yourself? Um, the I'll, I'll say the, the stuff that could be a little more, I'll just fucking say it. I've, I've learned to listen to people better than I had before. Mm. So I think even on even when I've performed since we started doing the podcast more regularly, I feel like my ability to listen on stage has gotten better. Um, it's amazing how many times I can check myself in the moment. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not paying attention to what's being said at all. And it's not because that person is not interesting and what they're talking about isn't interesting enough to like pull me in and keep me interested. It's just that I can let my focus wander, especially if I'm trying to lubricate the conversation, as we often do. Um, but with that being said, I feel like I've gotten to be a better listener. I've gotten to understand people a little better. I've, and the thing that I'm, I, I don't know if I've learned this about myself, but I'm a pleased, a happy byproduct of doing this is that I've made connections with people who I had made an assumption about before I ever got a chance to talk to them. I've had people on the pod that I wasn't 100% comfortable with in just working with them or in passing because, you know, we're in the same lobby after seeing a show together or what have you. Um, 
this this job being a podcast host designed the way that it is is a nice way to like not do the glad handing that often happens after a show and that that's that's where I'm my most uncomfortable that's where I'm my most awkward that's when I feel like I am performing more than I ever did before on stage because hmm. I'm not comfortable in those spaces I don't know why you, you had you had said that uh, early on more mm. more regularly. The reason you're doing this pod is because you hate those generic "what's next for you" conversations. Exactly. And uh, to be totally honest, like one of the reasons I got into the pod before I was involved was because I am terrified of talking to people in lobbies or at auditions mm. or whatever. And so listening to you talk to people gave me uh, something like. I, I would recognize a person and I would rec I would remember a conversation that you had had and now I was like, oh, I can bring something up with this person that's not, hey, how's it going? Uh, good, <laughs> good job on stage there. Yeah. Um, so do you find, it, in, in kind of following what you were saying, you now have, are you more comfortable with the after show talk because you are more familiar with more of these people? You have more to talk to them about. I think in some ways, yes. Like my ability to actually have real conversations. Like I, I've tried really hard to phase out the small talk versions of those things. I like. I mean, I like asking about if I know that people have like a a, a child at home that's waiting on them. I like to ask them how the family is. Like uh, that's my first question. I, I those types of things. I feel like I've gotten more comfortable in doing. Um, but I will say this: to be fully transparent, coming out of the lockdown. And living on my own, like I have the last two years, my patience for small talk and I would say purposeless exchanges has gotten shorter and shorter and shorter. So now I'm like, I'm at the point where I actively separate myself before a conversation or an exchange can even happen. I just don't have the patience for it. That, that might be a sign of, how much I need therapy, <laughs> but that is kind of how I'm, 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 I'm wired right now. Which uh, actually ties in with this next question. Nice um, do you podcast in place of therapy? Um, no, actually, I don't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's not a question. <laughs> That's not a question. I didn't write that. Wait. What? Uh, I knew it. Stop it. <laughs> okay. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass this uh, question around the table because oh. it's a uh, it's a fun one, and uh, we should get uh, these these guys uh, involved as well a yeah, little bit. I like it. So, if you could be a fly on the wall, mm. any wall in history, which wall would you choose? That's a great one. Um, I I mean, I would love to have been. In the war room, the draft war room, but uh, that the, a real war room would be too tough for me. A, 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 like, where like the 49ers picked Alex Smith number one overall over Aaron Rodgers all those years ago. I didn't have a dog in the fight. I didn't want us to have the pick. I wanted us to trade back. It would have been cool to be in one of those environments. So like, a, a, in a room where like a draft pick hinged on my favorite team's performance. Like, I think it would be kind of cool to be there when. Pick 47 comes up in round two of the Nikola Jokic draft comes up. Well, sorry, was it? 41. It? I think 41. It was 41 yeah. Thank you. And they're cutting to commercial, and that, that's the thing that comes up. I think it would be really cool to be in that room with the Nuggets brass, and they're going like, Nikola Jokic is still there. Let's go with this guy. 
So those would be that. That's kind of my basic answer. If I put more like thought into it, um, I would want to be in the room when they decided to drop the bombs on Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Wow! Like that's not because I want then wanted them to do that. It is. You needed to hear what the conversation was that led to the agreement to do it. It, I want to know how much resistance was there in the room. I would imagine that what I've seen in like like stylized retellings of this, of those moments, that there wasn't a lot of nervousness about it because I have a hard time believing that some of those people in the room that made that decision have any idea, have any real knowledge about what was about to happen. Like, so I would like to be in that room. Well, Oppenheimer, the movie, might... It's coming out, exactly. M- ...might shed some light on that, although probably not historically accurate. But you and I, Sam, mm-hmm. we are very, very different people. I don't know. My, uh, <laughs> my first thought, fly on the wall in any room in history, I'm going to be honest, I went straight to Caligula's Palace. Wow. I, you're, you're just, I'm, not gonna, I'm not here to kink shame, but okay. Yeah. I want to see if it was really that crazy. I mean, you know, yeah. I saw the movie. You're a real pastrami in bed kind of guy, huh? Which connects perfectly with <coughs> my first thought with this. Mm. Fly on the wall for me, I, I went straight to the George Costanza. Any room where somebody I think might be talking about me behind my back, <laughs> I want to be a fly on the wall in there. Welcome to Brian's Paranoia. In all exactly. of history, yeah. you would like to hear about people talking about you. I said my mind went there the first. That was the first place. <laughs> so, so now history, that you've had some time to like, think about it. Well, no, no, no. I haven't really had much time to think about it. But going to your uh, your Nikola Jokic thing, mm-hmm. I just feel like that would be disappointing. I'm sure they'd be like, ah, oh, God, second round pick. Who cares? How about that Jokic guy? Yeah, I'm almost certain they called him Jokic. Yeah, they would have spelled. They would have pronounced his name wrong. I just feel like yeah. it would be disappointing. Um, yeah, no, I'd, I I would have to give this considerably more thought because my brain went both straight to the depravity that Alex yes. cling, clings to mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah who's uh, who's talking about me behind my back so I, I have my own issues perversion and paranoia mm. this is the wall I think that sums, me up. that sums me up pretty well right there uh, they're both single boys <laughs> can you imagine why did you say boys and and girls and anybody who in, in be- between. Yeah. Not not that I'm complaining. I'm just no, no. curious. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, next question, Dan. Cool. Uh, <laughs> you can edit this right. <laughs> nope, it's staying in. I think my comments bup, about bup, Caligula. Bup, uh, bup, bup. Yeah, we've got uh, we've got a couple questions that are uh, <laughs> extremely bup, bup, out bup. of order. Yeah. Go for it. Um, so, Sam. Yes, sir. Uh, what show did you just uh, close out? I just uh, closed out. Um, the Miraculous Journey of Edward Tulane mm-hmm. and Feed Out Prey up in Boulder. I did it all on the same weekend. Oh, that's right. So um, uh, let's hone in on that... Uh, Miraculous Journey? That bunny rabbit yes. uh, journey. How did the uh, your first children's theater, theater for young audiences, go for you? I, I think it was a success. I mean, kids, I find, are... Like, they can be harsher critics as was noted by some of the comments that I would hear as I was holding on to this rabbit. Um, but that Such it, as? Um, one night, while 
tears streamed from my eyes, holding on to this toy rabbit. Let's be real. It was daytime. It, it was daytime. It was the day. It was the early morning. And a child in the dark said, Oh, my God, this is so dramatic. Over my dialogue. <laughs> like, he was loud. Like, it was piercing. No filter. Voice. No filter. And in the next scene, I am supposed to be crying even more hysterically. And all I did was shoot daggers into the dark looking for that child. Oh, my um, God. So, clearly. Well, so so with these kids, yes. uh, we had some talkbacks. And, you know, as we were getting kids out back to their buses, we would ask the kids questions. Mm-hmm. Um some of these kids, this was their first play. The first yeah. thing they've ever seen with that's live awesome. actors. So, like, that that's not surprising that they yeah. would uh, react that way. And, I, and it, 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 Totally. I'm not sitting here going, like, why don't they have five years of theater etiquette training already? Um, but it, it definitely puts you in a space where you have to be really focused. Let me, let me, let, let me add this to, because uh, I was out in the lobby with mm-hmm. a, a lot of these kids were leaving, uh, that's you know, wa- weird. waving by and getting him on the bus. It's not weird. That's my job. <laughs> he passed his background checks. Um, yes, I did. Um, a lot of the kids, as they were leaving, said, that was the best movie I've ever seen. Wow. That's we awesome. heard that from multiple cool. different kids on multiple different days. And then you think about it. Some of these kids were not in school when the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. Very and good point. so they were three or four, and yeah. then there was two years of isolation at home, and now they're back in school, and they're going to their first ever live performance. And what what you did on stage was the first time they've ever seen a li- uh, you know an actor. And that's, that's fucking beautiful. I think yeah. that's one of the things that gets lost on me. I'm, I'm 39, I'm 40. I'm coming up on those numbers. I'm a man. I'm a man. If you want to complain, if you want to complain, come at me. I'm a man. But I I lose sight of that. To hear a young audience person say that's my favorite movie I've ever seen. That excites me because that tells me live theater doesn't die. Mm-hmm. Maybe that kid puts on live performances with a, a big screen behind the actors. That takes us to different places, and that's you know, or, or whatever. However, live theater evolves through the eyes of that child. I think that's really cool. Those things are really exciting. Having the kids stick around and like lose their minds, like I was a celebrity, like Samwell and Rita. When when Rita comes out after the show to to put away their props and stuff, that's really exciting for some of those people in the audience because there's the voice of Edward. Yeah, the voice of the talking rabbit. It's that they're there. That's you. That's awesome. Yeah. And so, like, they get they lose their minds. It gets really exciting. That stuff is really fun. I think for me, it I was really aware of where I overact naturally to to get more point to the point of the question. It was a lot of fun because it taught me this is when I overact. This is how it manifests. This is the stuff that I do. My eyes dart back and forth. I clench my butt. I stop breathing. And in particular moments of the show. I would find myself doing that, and then I learned that even when I pull all that fear away from me in the moment and push through that, I can still have an authentic performance that even kids enjoy, that it can still be big, 
and then can still reach the back of the of the house because we got two rows here, and people will connect with that. There's more than two rows. Sorry, there's an upper deck. I was just trying to shorten my my speech, but you're absolutely right. It's a, called a balcony. Yeah, thank you. There's a balcony here. There are many rows. I'm trying to thank you. So I felt I could do that. That was fun to learn that through mm-hmm. that process, and also be heckled by you know f- third graders. Third by graders. a little Truman Capote, apparently. Apparently, yes. <laughs> um, was, mm, Sam Gilstrap's work leaves wa- leaves me wanting. Um, I, as you know. Is that a good Truman? I have no idea. I once, uh, for for some time, <laughs> performed at the illustrious 73rd Avenue Playhouse, and I was lucky enough to do multiple kids shows there. I always found that doing kids shows was was much easier for me than than adult ones. Why the, is that? The bigger you are, the more they enjoy it. They don't they don't understand or they don't care that much about nuance or anything. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a more fun show. Yeah, and uh, I was the big bad wolf, and uh, I, I played the bad guy. I believe in every show I did there. Was a dragon once. That was a that was a good time, even though it was Seventy Third Avenue. Hey, I mean, I I totally get it. But I mean, I I that's where I one of the places I first started acting. The, at least it was providing an outlet for that stuff. But you're absolutely we right. We were there together. We were there together. Let's not mention that show. Um, <laughs> But it was it, no. I get what you're saying. That was absolutely true. The, yeah. There is very little space for nuance. But in, it's joy. But it's still yeah. If you're still hitting these notes that they can read without necessarily hearing it, they'll feel it. Plus, I got to do a lot of funny voices, which is my favorite thing in the absolutely. world. Absolutely, that, that that was true. I got to do a lot of fun voices for this. I did a Macho Man impersonation. It was pretty good. <laughs> I was very proud of that. Yeah. Do you want um, to hear my Macho Man? Maybe yeah. later. Oh, yes. We'll do it later. You we'll can't later. just ask without doing it. Oh, we'll do it later. Next question. Okay. Uh, I actually, so uh, I've got a question for you mm-hmm. that uh, actually a l- little bit applies to this one, but you now have a-, a couple of shows of experience underneath your belt working with puppets. Um, yeah. Talk to me about connecting with. Like you had talked about an, a solo performance needing, like, lacking uh, another performer to uh to connect with obviously mm-hmm. you in both of those shows you had other performers with but uh working through a puppet or having a puppet as your scene partner how how did that uh how how, to, how does that feel for you and how do you approach that it was definitely tough at first like when i started doing work on refuge i needed a lot of help trying to connect to the wolf um and D was very patient with me and was firm when she needed to be and got me really locked into how I create life in the puppet through the use of my body, mm. not the voice. And so once I learned that my body needed to be just involved as my voice is and where I'm listening, and then, and I should say, once that happened, the body started doing the work before the voice did. Then my brain started making the thoughts more authentically. And then instead of like me trying to show the audience that I am listening, that Sam Gilstrap is listening, I could then tilt that head and my wrist would move the body and that's where my response would come from. And I could still, I'm big on authenticity. The truth is the truth. And... I could do those things more naturally without judging myself 
Because often that's what would happen. I'm afraid. I don't know how to use this 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 apparatus. How do I how do I do my job? And once I got through that, it would just come. It just became a very natural thing. So making sure everything came in the body was really good. Transitioning to use this puppet was a little different in Edward Tulane. It, the puppet is much smaller, and you can maneuver it and toss it gently. Um, <laughs> <laughs> very gently. Very gently. Because you only got two. Please don't break the puppet. And, and so with that, I just made the puppet a real live thing. It had to be for me. So the puppet had to be my partner. So uh, in your first show, mm -hmm. you were acting as the puppet. Yes. This show, you were interacting with the puppet. Mm -hmm. Did uh, did your experience from the from one help you with the other? No. Cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I didn't see this new one. Edward Delaney, yeah. It sounds like a ventriloquist thing. Were you doing? Mm. Good, good, good question. No, Edward Delaney. So we had two puppets that were rabbits, and we had um, Rita was our actor that provided the voice for the rabbit. So Rita would be on stage and would communicate with everyone else on stage telling the story with the rabbit, but none of the other actors could actually look to Rita for any of their moments until the very end. In the story, the rabbit was a doll. And it was said at the beginning, this is this is not a magic doll. People can't talk to it. So everyone mm. who interacted with it was interacting with it as though it were just a doll. Yeah. But it was having thoughts and interacting mm. with people throughout the play. Yeah. I, 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 you're all grown-ups. You can. You're, I think you're, I'm sure you're putting this together. And for the people at home, this does not help them at all. But there's a specific moment in the show where I would reference the North Star. And so I would take the rabbit and point him up to the North Star, say my line, then Rita chimes in with their response. And for that, I, I made it real. They would, Rita's line, they would reference the North Star, the North Star. And so I'd bring him up to the North Star. And then for the next part of their line, the rabbit would turn and talk to me. And I did that all the time with the rabbit. I'm sure Samuel and Rachel, when they were having interactions specifically, they did similar things. But that was, yeah, long story short, that's how we brought that to life. But no, we didn't have our hand in the back. Yeah. Good yeah. question. Everybody, Very every, good question. Everybody, get your tickets two weeks ago to the final performance of Edward Tulane. Yeah, exactly. This this is, uh, we're, we're, we're very current with this podcast. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> Hey, it only took us six months to drop episode 100 when we were at 99. Yeah, no we judgments. How did we not do an Edward Tulane cast pod? <laughs> um, great question. Probably because I was going up to Boulder every night after doing the show and had no bandwidth for anything but those two things. The rabbit schedule was packed. It Edward was Tulane absolutely is packed. such a diva. Edward Tulane's got no time. He for was me. at the spa every night getting his arms and legs fixed. You know what? <laughs> Fuck that rabbit. Don't say that. He's great. He's okay. great. Yes. So we got two more questions. Yes. Um, then, let's, then let's take a break. And, and then let's and we'll, and we'll, we'll, take a we'll have break. some fun with our friends, Brian and Alex Walsh. We're going to draft our favorite. This will take some augmenting, but our favorite Robert De Niro. Yeah, we'll explain pictures. that. We'll explain that in a bit. Our last question before we take a break. Um, Sam, this. what's what is next for you and the Ghost Lights podcast? Um, well, after after I get out of court, um, <laughs> No, I think what's next for me is I'm going to stick around in town. I don't I don't have any projects 
lined up that I am at liberty to talk about. So I'll just say, as of this moment, I'm going to stick around in town working to save up some money, uh, hopefully do a lot of bartending, pull as many shifts as I can. And then um, I, after my birthday, I'm going to move it to Albuquerque, and I'm going to be trying to make films and TV. It's official then. It's official. So you are moving. Yeah. The is this... Wait, what is... Wait, this is the first time hearing of this. Mm-hmm. Wait, it, are, is our podcast done? No, the podcast is not done. Oh. Remember, we, we, got, we caught fire during the lockdown. Yeah. Zoom allowed us to be available. And I feel like no matter where I am, the Ghost Lights podcast can continue, no matter how that evolves. Um, I definitely want to change some thir- certain things about the formatting. I'd like to bring in my friends, Brian and Alex, a little more regularly. They're, they're excited about that, um, I think. But um, also... I'm excited about how my, like this new phase of my life is going to unfold for the first time in my life. I'm not terrified of what I have to do to make the next move. I, I am scared, but since I quit my day job at the Denver public schools at, at Grant middle school, everything that I've needed has happened. Everything I've wanted, I've had to work harder for. And sometimes I can have those things and sometimes I can't. And I've gotten better at letting the things go that I want that I don't end up getting. Um, that's kind of vague, but it, the, the fact of the matter is I believe that I am a capable enough actor to make a living regularly through TV and film. Mm. I'm capable of doing that. And... I'm using a different phrase when I'm by myself to boost myself up. And I'll share that with my friends here and I'll share it with the ghosties at home. I tell myself every day that for the first time in my life, I believe I'm one of the best actors in the world. I'll let other people decide that, cast me. Obviously, me saying and believing that doesn't manifest work itself. It doesn't get me contracts. I'm not walking around trying to like throw my weight around. I, I'm still humble in the room. But you should understand that when I do walk into the room, I have a certain expectation for how I care myself and what I'm going to do with the work. And I believe that's going to serve me well when I am out in a new world. Like Albuquerque will be a new world for me. I'll have some friends close by, but their careers are going to take them in different directions. And it could be a while where I'm out there by myself trying to figure out this night life for me. And I need all the confidence that I can possibly have. So best believe when I wake up in the morning, the recent success that I've had on these projects that I've been lucky enough to be assigned to, to be asked to be a part of, theater of the mind, refuge at Curious. I'm doing a student film right now. I have an opportunity to make the life that I've always talked about having now. And the fear that I had before that I covered up with practicality is no longer an option. So when I wake up, I am one of the best actors in the world. Will I ever win an Oscar? No, that's not the goal. My goal is just to make a living so that I can maybe make a really comfortable enough living so I can save some money and take care of my mom. 
That's the focus. I'll keep a roof over my head no matter what. When I when the time comes and I got to come home and I got to take care of mom, hopefully I've got enough cash to do that. That's the focus. Nothing's going to stop that. Because I've been living too selfish for too long. I'm not just doing this for me, but I am doing it for me. Well, speaking for the Walsh family, we're going to miss you, Sammy. Hey, I'm a phone call away, and six-hour drive ain't too bad. Definitely will be coming up for the holidays, birthdays, for sure. Absolutely. But I figured I wanted to, I wanted to make sure I put this out there so that everybody knows what my goal is. And this, like, I know the people sitting in this auditorium with me tonight, this theater with me tonight, you guys are already part of the project. You guys are going to be there to boost me up. I'm saying this for the rest of the world out there. That's the mission. Please help when you can. Don't feel bad if you can't. That's all right, because I still got the keys. I still got the gas in this car. We going to go. Well, I'd like to say um, best of luck. Um, I know you're going to slay down there. You're going <laughs> yes, to ma- you make friends. And what I'm excited about is expanding my friend pool because you're going somewhere new because knowing you and being involved in this podcast has expanded my friend pool here in town. So uh, let me say an official welcome to fucking Albuquerque to the Ghost Lights podcast because we are now a family connected through you. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate Uh, you. So... Uh, we, uh, hopefully we can still talk to, uh, the people in this community. Absolutely. Um, it, it, what, what we have done over the last few years has been an expansion of our community. And all I see this now as is, a, is a, is an expansion to what's now a brother and sister city, uh, that that I'll get to know people. It, it if we do more podcasts with people that you meet there, mm-hmm. and I go to visit, now I know people there too. Absolutely. So absolutely, I, I, I hope that uh, I hope that this continues on a regular basis, and and uh, I get to meet you know a similar number of people in in that community as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talk to people all over the world, uh, all over the country, just, you know, you being here. So I- expanding the the reach of the ghost lights and, uh, I mean, expanding the connection of Sam Gilstrap to <laughs> other humans uh, <laughs> benefits me and I think the, the listening uh, audience to this show. Well, thank you very much. I, I will say this. The podcast isn't what it is today if it is not for Dan Ribb. So don't, don't ever think that I, I lose track of that. I'm so thankful for your assistance, your partnership, and your brotherhood on this project. And there's absolutely no way... I take this into another world and another chapter of my life without you by my side and without the ghosties listening at home. Thank you, everyone. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to have some fun. We're going to do a Robert De Niro draft. We're going to take a break. We're going to work out the particulars of that so when we come back, I'll jump on. I'll introduce how we're going to do this, and then we're going to just jump in and have some fun. All right? Sounds good. Boom.
Hey there, Ghosties. Welcome back. Um, I've got my friends Brian and Alex Walsh here. One of the reasons why I have them here is because I wanted to have fun and celebrate our 100th episode with something kind of different for our listeners at home. We are going to do a Robert De Niro movie draft. We're going to pick our top five. Once the movie's gone, it's gone. And you at home, you're going to have an opportunity to chime in and tell us which one of us won the Robert De Niro draft. So I'll post it all on Instagram. Please come in, tell us who won there, and we'll, 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 we'll hand out the rewards and spoils. We did this once before with Santa. We did, this, we did do this with Santa. Yeah, but this time we need your participation. But now we need your Which Robert De Niro movie did Santa like best? Uh, it's not quite. Not quite. We did Christmas songs. Oh. Yeah, we, did Christmas, Christmas songs. Songs. we did, we did oh, Christmas songs. Well, oh, lost that one. Yeah, the Jew won. He did. <laughs> he did. Dan Rib did win. So we're going to pick these movies, and then afterwards we're going to do a little recap. We're going to have some fun. And, uh, yeah, let's just jump right in. What do All you say? All right, so we're starting out with an actual picking out of my newsboy cap. Uh, <laughs> with the order, the order of the draft. So we're starting off first with... Alex. Alex picks number one overall. The second pick is Brian. Oh man, and I got the turn. Sam with the turn. Oh man, I'm so this is a this is a third. snake draft. So we're gonna go one, two, three, three, two, one, back and forth until everybody has picked five. Absolutely. All right, Alex, floor is yours. I'm so glad I got the first pick. Everybody knows what I'm taking. Everybody's gonna want it. But uh, dream on, I get The Godfather Part 2. Mm, beautiful pick. Beautiful pick. Yeah, this this is the, the Victor Wembanyama of the draft. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's he, a no-brainer. Everybody takes this one. He does it in Sicilian for most of the movie. Unbelievable performance. I would do my impression, but it's very visually... <laughs> <laughs> and nobody can see me doing it like this. All he's doing is and squinting his eyes. He's and squinting his, hands. his eyes. He's got a downturn on his lips, and he's sticking his tongue out slightly, a little more than it needed. What are you out of your mind? Uh, he's also waving his arms. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's it a pretty, it's it's really pretty good. good. It's, it's, I, I wish you were here, Ghosties. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't judge it. I love the scene where he's. Who's the Don that he's following? Cheech. Chicho, right? Chicho's the it, later on. He's the you might recognize Chicho from the Rocky movies as you're right, Gazo. You're right. But Don Cheech is the I just want to wet my beak. Yeah, yeah. the black hand, right? That yeah. whole scene where he's just watching him, and it's it. I loved it because Robert De Niro is like in the background, like the almost the entire time, and then like sometimes it's over his shoulder, and his attention to like this whole moment, and then. The unscrewing of the light bulb. Like, I'm sure all of these things are in the stage directions, in the script, or maybe being brought to him by Francis Ford Coppola. But his energy in that is so pitch perfect. It's it's brilliant. It is a brilliant right. performance. So, uh, Sam, you agree that this is a great performance? I, I do agree that it's a great performance. Yeah, it sucks you didn't get it. Yeah. Uh, Who's got the second pick? That's, a bummer. That's Brian. So I was going to say, it's, it, it's a no-brainer. Sorry, I, I think I made that clear with the Wimbanyama thing, but yeah. Godfather won Best Picture. He won Best Supporting Actor, arguably the greatest movie of all time. Kind of not fair that Alex <laughs> got the first pick. That's all I'm going to say. It's a blind draft. <laughs> it's the way things go. I feel like you just said that if anyone else got it, but you. 
Yeah, I really would have. I, yeah, I yeah. couldn't help but notice Dan has a 20 sticking out of his pocket over there. I wonder <laughs> we where all that know came Alex from. But... Have 20s on him. <laughs> all uh, I have to say is, what's your pick? <laughs> <laughs> At number two overall? Number two overall. That's true. I didn't get third. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Heat as my number oh, two. Oh, you dirty, rotten scoundrel. <laughs> no, that's Steve Martin. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, Dan. Often confused. <laughs> uh, yeah, Heat. It was obviously Godfather 2 was my number one pick. Heat, it, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's one of the movies I've seen more than any other movie. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he's incredible in it. Yeah. I think it kind of uh, speaks for itself. Why are you so interested in what I read and what I draft? Alex, nice. you just took the line. I was trying to get it all set up so I could be like, why are you so interested in who I pick or what I draft? You, you made too much buildup. I had to get to it. No, you, you, you cut in and you stole my thunder, and now it's over now. You've ruined it. All right. Uh, so for, for, for those of our listeners who don't know what, uh, how, how snake drafts work, uh, Sam now has two picks at the turn, is what it's called. So, uh, one, two, three, three, two, one, and it'll go back and forth like that. So, Sam, you now have two picks. Yeah. Um, what are your picks? Um, I'm gonna go. I, I I love I love both of those performances very very much, and I'm gonna pick a movie that ten years ago I was not a fan of, and now it's one of my favorite movies about mobsters it's a ray liotta vehicle but i'm going goodfellas yeah and (laughs) i'm going goodfellas because of the scene where he's just smoking as the camera moves in on him he's not saying a word and he is menace personified I, i his ability to just be so grounded in that level of menace and do nothing that is that that stuff that it's hard for that to translate in a stage performance. It's even more difficult to do that on camera. No, it's a great pick, and and you're right. I agree with you about Scorsese. All of Scorsese's films, I did not really like them ten years ago. Now I watch them again. And I'm like, God, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. Yeah. Plus, all you right. got the Leota laugh, which is just. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, all right. What's your second pick? My Sam? second pick on the turn here. Um, I think I'm going to go a little bit uh, in left field on this one, but it's a movie that my mother insisted that I watch because um, she, when when I told her I, I wanted to be an actor, she was like, you should watch The Deer Hunter. Ooh. So I'm taking The Deer Hunter as my second overall pick. Yeah, I, it's just, it's, that movie is not one that you clamor to rewatch. It's tough in a lot of levels. And I think everything that Robert does in that film is so subtle. And yet, pained. I, I just think it's. I think it's. I think it's another. It's a well. It's one of the. It's, it's such a nuanced, gentle performance in such a horrifying movie. It's just beautiful. So the Deer Hunter. It's a solid pick. Not not a huge fan of the movie, but but five, five Oscar winners. It won five Oscars. Uh, not bad. Did did he? Which ones did he win Oscars for? God damn it, I don't have that shit. Right. <laughs> he, he, he won Raging Oscars for, for Godfather 2 and Raging, Raging Bull. Bull. Ah, okay. Well, he was nominated for Deer Hunter. Though. He was? No, it's All right, well, maybe we know what's coming up next. Uh, and Deer Hunter, Deer Hunter did win Best Picture also. Oh, so. very nice. Thank you. 
I'm going to be honest. Uh, it's my pick now. I'm mm. going to be honest. I'm a little surprised. I'm, I'm surprised and a little disappointed <laughs> that Alex didn't do his Ray Liotta when you did the Goodfellas pick because uh-huh. he does a much better Ray Liotta than he does uh, a Robert De Niro. So I'm a, little, I'm a little disappointed he didn't do that. But Yeah, well, that, you know what? He missed his chance. He did. He did miss his chance. I'm sure he'll find a way to work it in some, at some point coming, he usually going does. forward here. Uh, my next pick, my second pick, this one might surprise a few people, especially the movie snobs out there, but you know what? I don't care. Okay. <laughs> I'm taking Meet the Parents. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like oh, oh, oh. Why did you wow. take that, Brian? <laughs> oh, oh, my I God. I never would have picked it. Oh, I, I, got, I got nothing. I got nothing. Meet yeah, the parents, Yeah, you do huh? got nothing. It's spectacular. <laughs> Robert De Niro is a great comedic actor. He hasn't done yes. enough comedies in his life. All of his big ones are all these heavy dramas, which he's great at. Mm-hmm. He is spectacular at that. I want some comedy in my life. I like, I, I like I, you I, did I think, that. Uh, I like you, get, you get something that's relevant, and it, it shows just how how much range that man actually has great pick brilliant comedic performance and it's a it's a wonderful movie what i like about that pick is that before we get through all of his best performances you have chosen a movie that is basically a uh a shout out to all of his best performances He, he is not only good in that movie, but he's good in that movie because everyone understands that he's making fun of every good movie <laughs> yeah. he's ever done. Exactly and every right. really intimidating performance he's ever had because yeah. now he's a CIA guy grilling a poor. Yeah, that's good. And it's one of my favorite movies of all time, so I'm taking it. It's a great well movie. Done. Well done, sir. Well done. Okay, Proud so we, we've got two picks again. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I think this is where Stardust comes off the board, Brian. Oh, wait, let's not, <laughs> hey, let's not hey, steal anyone's don't thunder. Don't take my thunder. I actually have that on my list. You're, you're going to laugh at me. I had Stardust on my oh list. Oh, my God in heaven. All right, go ahead, Alex. But I, I'm not picking it next, but okay. it's on my list. Okay. This is another kind of different. It's not really different, but... What I like about this movie, I, I'm going to go with his performance in Sleepers. Hmm. It's, uh, it's a different role for him in that it's a small part. It's a supporting role, and it's very understated as, as Father Robert Carrillo. Super intimidating priest, but just a genuinely undersold, beautiful performance in one of my favorite movies. I'm going to have to rewatch that one. It's been a while. But I, I, I can't. I don't got much to say because it's been so long. Yeah, we watched so, it not that long. Ago. Uh, nice. I love say say what his character's name is again. Father Robert Carrillo. So on the official IMDb, his Father Bobby. His, Father Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> but you've you've made it more official than IMDb. <laughs> well, and you know what? Did you did you notice how he anticipated what it said on there? <laughs> yeah, he knew. I know. This I is know. A, this is a movie that we both seen a lot of times, and it's it's a great movie and it's a great performance. It was on my list too. It, it's it's up there. It's one of those, you know. And we talked about this before, but it's mm. one of those things that I love about De Niro. It's a, it's a, something that De Niro does that Pacino doesn't do. What's that? It's he is willing to do those sort of small side parts mm. in movies. You don't really see Pacino do that hardly yeah. ever. De Niro does it. He does it a lot, and he's great at it. He'll be in the movie for sometimes 10, 20 minutes, and usually it's the best 10, 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah. 
um, solid pick. Absolutely. Yeah. I like that. The, the, you touched on a good point. His, his ability to just kind of exist in any world, no matter the size of the time he gets on camera, it's, it's powerful. Like I, you, I don't see him taking days off. Yeah. It's great. Uh, now I got my second pick here. Yeah. I'm trying to go. I'm trying to go broad here. This yes, is how sir. I win the draft. Mm -hmm. This is the. This is the goal. Is I'm fan. trying to get stuff from different eras of his career. Okay. So I'm going with Silver Linings Playbook mm. for my wow. next pick. Deshaun Jackson is the man. Nice pick. Nice Ooh. pick. Little uh, in touch with with all three of us here as he's a degenerate gambler in it. Mm -hmm. uh, so we can all relate to that. I mean, I I deleted my app but yes i tried to but they keep texting me uh -huh, well that's how they get you hey somebody's you trying to get in touch it, with me yeah I, I can't do it anymore I, ne I didn't take you for a quitter sam it's okay i'll download it right now <laughs> what is it that you like about his work in silver linings playbook what i like about it is he's he's kind of himself but at the same time he's a more broken version of himself which is something that he does a lot in uh in his scorsese roles his mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. stuff but this one it's kind of comedic but it's kind of depressing and powerful at the same time it's another smaller role but he really gives you the idea of how he raised this this character that that bradley cooper plays that mm -hmm. all of the one of the things i like about it is all of the people in this movie have mental problems they have debilitating things but they're all trying to get over them at the same time which i really appreciate i like that nice nice breakdown brian sorry just gonna chime in too there it. that is also i'm gonna throw a little piece of trivia at you guys because oh. i looked this up because i was curious how you did many? your own research? I did research. <laughs> I, I prepared for the pod. I did uh, research. Brian, that's one of the things I love about you. You never not do your homework. <laughs> How many Robert De Niro, and Alex can't answer this because I didn't know he was going to be on the pod and I, I revealed it to him. <laughs> I didn't expose it to him. It's not what I'm trying to say. Uh, <laughs> uh, something tells me you've done that cut. plenty in your brotherhood. Um, How blah, many? Blah, 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 blah. If you guys... <laughs> If you guys had to guess, how many Robert De Niro movies would you say were nominated for Best Picture? Oh, that's great. Probably 10 or 15. Uh, I'm going to say seven. Okay, I'll go with, I'll go with 12. 10. 10? Oh, wow. 10. Damn it. Should go with my first one. <laughs> 10. Two of them have won. One of them was Silver, Silver Linings Playbook. Oh. That was nominated. Nice. Um, he was nominated for that as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Enough trivia. Is it my turn? Yeah, yeah. Your third pick. Oh, boy. This is a tough call. It is. There's a lot of good movies still It's a tough there. call. Um, so I had, you know, I got my, my, my drama De Niro. I got my comedy De Niro. Mm. And taking a page out of Alex's book here, my, my, my smaller part De Niro, it really comes down to two. But I got to take the untouchables. Nice. Mm. Good pick. He, he's, swing, he's swinging for the fences in every scene he's in, <laughs> literally. That's a great, I love that. That's a great pick. It would have been out there for me if it was there later. What I love time it. is it, Sam? It's the time for individual achievement. <laughs> <laughs> when we're on a podcast, what are you? Part of a team. <laughs> team. <laughs> team. Exactly. 
Exactly. Well done, sir. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's not in. This is one of those movies where he's in it 10 to 20 minutes. Honestly, yeah. maybe less than that. But he's so compelling that yeah. every part of this movie that I remember, virtually, except for that one shootout scene, mm -hmm. it, it's him. It's him, you know. Mm -hmm. And and I... I I'm going to denigrate both of you guys' drafting choices right now okay. because you got nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Never stop fighting till the fight is done. <laughs> See, that doesn't work. It's just not as good. Nice. <laughs> yeah, you got Costner. What do you want from me? Yeah, that? it's not as good. You know, De Niro carries this movie. Um, I, he absolutely does. He absolutely does. Um, God dang it. And I love it's a that good pick. movie, too. It's a really good movie. It is good a good movie. movie. It's so funny. Like, I, I, I look at that movie, and it feels like it's two separate movies because he's so compelling. He's so larger than life as Al Capone. And then Kevin Costner is so much smaller, right? Like, the way he embodies Elliot Ness. They're, they're very two disparate energies. And it because of that, it almost feels like they don't exist in the same world, but what Robert does brings Kevin up, and it, then they and then they get. And simultaneously, Sean Connery is in a different movie altogether. Oh, very, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's very supposed to be from Chicago, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sean Connery can't be from anywhere. It doesn't matter. He doesn't do accents. He doesn't even have a Scottish accent. He has a Sean Connery voice. <laughs> yeah, he, he's he has his own accent. Yeah, and and. Speaking of which, uh, I believe Sam's up next. So, yeah. what are you prepared to do? Wow, oh, that's uh, pretty good. good reference. Pretty good. good reference. Um, this, I, I think it's time. I think we just do it. Um, Raging Bull is my third pick. There's, we're not going to hesitate any longer than that. Raging Bull. Um, golly, if not one of the best boxing movies of that era. I think I think there's been some better ones since. I I just think that some of the fighting in that is is ludicrous. The monster that he plays in that, like I don't want to. I don't. I'm not trying to mince words. The, the guy he's playing is damaged and hurts people. Awful. Awful, awful person. human being. Awful person. And it's captivating. And it's and it and and. I don't know. I just the rage, raging bull is is the pick for me right it's, there. It's a good movie. We we just watched it tonight. Uh, Brian and I did. Um, it's I have no problem with with that pick. Uh -huh. Great directing, great performance. But you know, I I, I once wrote an article about this uh, back on a long defunct uh, uh, website called the Denver Fan Addict that uh, Brian and I used to to. Hey, run. bloggers are people too, man. Yeah, and I got to say, it's one of those things that always drives me crazy. Boxing movies about white boxers are so prevalent. Jake LaMotta has a film. Ray Robinson does not. James Braddock has a movie. Joe Lewis does not. Oh. Mickey Ward has a movie. Yeah. Chuck well, Wepner has I'll a movie. The, I will be the first one to say that white people do whatever they can do to tell a white person's story. If I can, if, they, if we're going to do this, like, we will do that. Are there it, more compelling stories? I totally agree with you. You're absolutely right. And I think it makes it all the harder when, because, again, we just watched this movie. He has no redeeming qualities whatsoever. <laughs> no. He is the most loathsome, 
unlikable, unsympathetic human being in that movie. Yeah. He crushes it. There's crushes no question. It. No question that he crushes it. But it, it's one of those things where it's like, it's, it's not a movie you want to watch because there's movies where there's anti-heroes, mm-hmm. where there's, there's the main character is somebody who's clearly flawed and maybe not a good person. Yeah. But you can relate to them in some way. They're sympathetic or they have moments of likability. There is none of that in that movie. And there's really none of that in really any character in that movie, which is one of the hardest things about that movie to watch. I, I found Raging Bull, I, I shouldn't say found, I finally watched Raging Bull after watching many other movies in Robert De Niro's career. And this is the first time I ever saw Joe Pesci play a sympathetic character. That wasn't in Cousin Vinny. I, I like him in The Irishman. He's, he's pretty sympathetic in that. Hey, Alex. What? what? You just stepped on my pick. Pick Ooh. number four, The Irishman. That's a good one. Uh, I thought about taking that too. The only reason I I didn't want to take that earlier is because I actually think it's a it's a better Joe Pesci movie than a De Niro movie. It it, you know there's the the argument can be made for that. I would totally I have no I have no problem with that. But what I loved about that movie, aside from, it's very clear that I have like I have a type of Robert De Niro movie I like. It's like it's got to be Scorsese directing or Meryl <laughs> Streep has to be involved. Um, those are pretty good. Those are pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's not <laughs> bad. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I love about the movie, the reason why I wanted to pick it, is I just wanted to make make it abundantly clear that he's had it going on since 1970. When did when did The Irishman come out? 2021, 2020. <laughs> I think it's 2021, 20, but I'm not sure of it. He's it, had it been going on for longer than that. Yeah, mm. he's, he's just had it going on for a really so long his time. His first movie, 68? 65. Wow. So, first big movie was 68. 60, yeah. 65. 68, Young Wolves. It was Mean Street. Oh, okay. Mean Streets. When was Mean Streets? 72? 73. There are a couple of good ones before then. Anyway. I'm not going to talk about them. Bang the, <laughs> I just to bang the drum slowly, right? Uh... It's uh, like bang the drum solely, only this time no, that's the drum's a chick, ah. family guy reference. <laughs> um, oh, you might be right. Wait, hold on. I, wanted, I wanted to pick a movie that was like fresh. I think Robert De Niro was still great in that movie. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. I think, it, I think it elevates a lot of other people. It's also an, a better Al Pacino movie than he's done in the last 10 years. Like, he was, Al Pacino was great in that movie. Yeah. It's certainly better than what I would consider his work in House of Gucci. I didn't see House of Gucci. It's probably for the best. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, moving right along, Brian, it's the, the horn is back to you. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Uh, you know, at this point, it's kind of down to, wow, it's down, it, it's, it's down to like four. This is not narrowed down very well for me. I'm going to have to go, I'm going to have to go with, once again, in a smaller role, similar to the Untouchables, I'm gonna go with Copland oh, for my next one. Nice, great. that That's was a great yep. one. Yep, do it, Brian. There's it's one, it. it's one a, of those ones yeah. where Copland, where he he has a small part in this movie, mm-hmm. and he is, with the possible exception of Ray Liotta, the best part of this movie. Ray yeah. Liotta is unbelievable. Yeah, oh, Copland. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, but he's he's phenomenal, and it's one of those things. Think about these movies. Mm-hmm. How many 
If you go down the list of Robert De Niro movies, how many of these movies do you find yourself quoting on a fairly regular basis? Far too many. Far, Far too many. <laughs> and this is one of them. Because I gave you a chance. I gave you a chance and you blew it. You blew it. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. That I was going to do that with one of your picks, but you guys have all done pretty solid picks. Thank so. you. I was going to say that, Brian, you did not blow it with your fourth pick. Thank you, Sam. You're welcome. I, it's, it's a tough one, but it's one of those ones where it was really down to this. I, I'm not going to give away the couple yeah. other ones I had it down to. because you know, I'm, it, it is coming down to it here. Uh, but the, it's a testament to De Niro that, what do we have? One more pick each after this, and uh, we still have movies here that we can oh, yeah. talk about. Yeah, we do. Uh, I'm going to go with Cape Fear for Ooh, my next nice one. nice pick. Not my favorite movie, but I think that his performance is unimpeachable in it. Uh, it's not a president, so you can't impeach it. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. You're welcome. Well, and a credit to how good he is, too. There's still three Best Picture nominees of his on yeah. the board. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm, I believe I'm going to take one of them with my second pick here. Your final pick? My final pick here. I'm going to go with The King of Comedy. Ah, Ooh. nice. I just watched that today. We watched it yesterday. That is not a Best Picture nominee. So there's still three, really? three Best Picture nominees. On Let's the board. talk about well, that movie though. That was a, that was another Scorsese in him. Uh, yeah, I I I really liked it. You know, it it was popular in the discourse about around movies when jo when the Joker movie came out a couple of years ago. Um, it mirrors it a lot in a lot of ways, except it takes a much more violent turn at the end. Um, Joker does not. Yeah, not Joker does. Yeah, it's it, watching him be that guy really tough. One of the first times you ever see him as pathetic, like yeah. really pathetic. There's there are times when he's a sad character, when he's a you know not a not a powerful man yeah. and whatever. Even in the fan, the fan, he's a sad man, but he's scary in that. Yeah, he's less scary in this movie. Until he goes, you until, know, until, until he, he goes, goes off the deep end. But even when he goes off the deep end, it's not. But even Sandra, but Sandra Bernhard. Oh, she goes is way off. The more deep end. terrifying than Robert De Niro. We're gonna have some fun tonight. Oh Sam. my God! Good, no old-fashioned, all-American fun. And I really <laughs> want to transition to Brian right wait, now. Wait, before, you, before you do, <laughs> yes, I sir? was gonna say, uh, Joker goes goes the hard, violent way. Mm -hmm. But I think. The, the hard comedic way of this one is Airheads. <laughs> if, you, if you're not familiar with that Brendan Fraser vehicle. <laughs> it's, a, it's a terrific movie. Uh, I can't wait movie. <laughs> to we debate why Brendan Fraser. Well, I we love, might have to have I to, actually really like Brendan Fraser. I like him a lot, too. I'm saying I'm, I'm going to... We're we're thinking we're we're toying with uh, future podcasting um, vehicles, and maybe we talk about Brendan Fraser. But after this year's Oscars, maybe we don't. <laughs> so, Brian... What's your last pick? Oh, man. Okay. Um, How many of the three other films that you were saying, you said you had, you had it down to four. Were, were any of Alex's on your list? No. So you had all four of your final picks available yeah, to you. Yeah, I have all four. I was kind of hoping he might narrow it down a little bit for me. Also, of my four, none of them are the Best Picture nominees. Wow. Backdraft. <laughs> 
do it. Fucking do it. Take, backdraft, take backdraft is on the list, but no, it's, not, it's, it's not take in the top four. No, it's backdraft. not backdraft. <laughs> take backdraft. It is not backdraft. Let it go, bull. Let me go, bull. <laughs> you go. We go. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, if it was if it was Donald Sutherland, then oh, I probably yeah. would have take, backdraft take back on there because he's unbelievable. The Are you gonna take the mission? <laughs> the what? No, d- just keep going. <laughs> the mission? Yeah, it's a movie. It happened. Is it? it no, it's a <laughs> thing. Okay. No, 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 no. Mine. So it's oh, a tough one. And I, I, you know, if the fans do vote, this may cost me. You gotta you be say you. If as though you gotta it, do it won't happen. Yeah, you the gotta. The fans will. Brian, vote. follow your heart. I'm going to follow my heart, and the fans are gonna punish me for it. I'm taking Showtime. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> but yeah, you're, you're gonna take some. You're gonna take some heat for that one. Alex is the only one who hey, knows what that is. William Shatner crushes that movie. Showtime. Once again, I have to come back to my my. Uh, I really. <laughs> Sam's jealous it. of my pick, I oh, think. Oh, so jealous. I, I have to come back to my. I really think Robert De Niro is an underappreciated comedic actor. Showtime, we get, we get comedic goes. Robert De Niro with Eddie Murphy, one of the greatest comedic actors of all time, and a brilliant performance from uh, Mr. Bill Shatner. I have no regrets. I like what I did. <laughs> I like my team. And you can all eat it. No regrets. <laughs> no regrets. No regrets. For some of you fans at home, if you want to know how sad Brian and I are, we almost bi-weekly at least do the scene from Showtime where he goes, Shatner does, Hooker takes his pocket knife and spears the bag and takes the cocaine, it takes the powder and touches it ever so gently on his tongue. Watch the eyebrow. Hooker knows it's cocaine. What if it's cyanide? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, uh, remember, this is an auditory audio, visual. Yes, they did a really good job. Uh, I just want to say uh, <laughs> that he skipped over one, two, three, four of his top picks to go with showtime there are four others in his top 10 <laughs> that Tough. he skipped just to go with showtime okay sam you're closing this draft out Tough what move. do you got for your fifth and final pick are you talking to me uh your name is sam are you talking to me oh, there's God no damn. one here on this podcast other than names other, but i'm yeah. taking taxi driver yeah <laughs> god damn it Good. How yeah. did that last that long? I know. I'm not a big fan. Okay. I, it, I'm not the biggest fan of that movie either. It's one of the reasons why it wasn't my first overall pick, which for a lot of people, Taxi Driver is their favorite Robert De Niro movie. Um, in another world, it's quite possible. Oh, did you did you write it down? Yeah. Nice. It's the first one out there. Yes. <laughs> it's it's Dan's favorite movie. Guy. I, I definitely, I was debating... Like, it's hard now in this day and age to kind of look back on that and, like, elevate the performance. But there's no denying what he does in Taxi Driver for that time with Scorsese at the helm. It's, 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 it's different. It's so different. It is so out of left field and yet so real and so honest and so terrifyingly grotesque. Um, it had to be the pick. Honorable mentions. No. Wait, hold on. Give me a minute. 
Okay. Right. So, uh, the floor. we we are we're done with yeah, the, the with yeah. the draft. Yeah, let's, and before let's we give honorable mentions, I would like everybody to uh, recap their picks. <laughs> Uh, so, with Absolutely. the first overall pick, uh, Alex, what what is your team? My team. This is this is the winning team. I I got I got a great team here. I got Godfather Part Two, Sleepers, Silver Lining Playbook, Cape Fear, and the King of Comedy. Awesome, Brian. Very nice, very nice. Uh, I have uh, Heat, Meet the Parents, Copland, The Untouchables, and Showtime. Okay. Um, I started number one overall with Goodfellas, followed by The Deer Hunter, Raging Bull, The Irishman, and Taxi Driver. Oh, Sam's going to win this one. He played to the, he played to the crowds. He All right. Didn't, he hey. didn't play the heart. Sam, you weren't number one overall, though. You were number two I know overall. I wasn't. My number one overall pick oh, was yeah. Goodfellas. So, so I just want to uh, butt in here for Sir, just a second. So don't you butt I was in. not aware before this podcast – uh, of what this draft was going to be. So I didn't participate. Uh, <laughs> everyone else around the table was able to uh, to think about it mm-hmm. and kind of pitch in. So, so are you just so, here to, like, eat our leavings? Uh, so I'm going to draft a team based off of <laughs> He's teams win you did not pick, uh, movies you didn't pick. This will not go on the Instagram post, Dan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So I, I do want to start. So after y'all started, yeah. I went, I literally, because fuck if I know what movies he's been in, <laughs> I went through his IMDb, and these are the, 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 the top three I picked that were picked by you, which are Raging Bull, Goodfellas, and Taxi Driver. No Godfather uh, too. So, but those don't get to be on my team. So the nope. so the so the ones that get to be on my team <laughs> uh-huh. uh, are Casino. Great, that was yeah, great pick. Jackie Brown. Yes. No. Wag the dog. Eh. Haven't seen it in too long. I'm gonna go only because of this podcast <laughs> with Samsung. Oh. And I'm gonna close it out with Meet the Fockers. Pretty solid. Pretty solid. All right. Well so that's my that's the fourth team of only undrafted players. <laughs> I'm really disappointed in you, Dan. You left awakenings out there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So if you want yeah, well, backdraft was here, but I only <laughs> I could only pick so many. My, my honorable mention my honorable mention definitely was casino. I was like, I could go for the the holy quadru like would it be quadrumferent? I can't even say yeah. it yeah. of the De Niro Pesci movies. So, I, Casino was definitely out there for me. I thought about Awakenings. I really, if I was like, if I was going to make a heart pick, Backdraft was going to be there. Um, but in the end. You went with the crowd pleasers and you betrayed your heart. No, I didn't. <laughs> I really didn't because I, like, I look at Goodfellas and I'm like, I think that's, I think that's the role I want to play. Yeah. I don't want to play Ray Liotta's part. I'm not saying it's any easier or less than. I'm saying oh, the part I want to play is Robert De Niro's part. I, I look at the deer hunter, and that's the character that stood out to me the most, even though I know Christopher Walken has a terrifying fucking journey in that movie. I look at Raging Bull. I like the idea of playing a monster, um, and he crushes it. The Irishman, that is that is definitely playing to the most recent crowd. I'm a, I, will, I, will, <laughs> I will hand it off. A taxi Driver. All right. Awesome. You don't get to, to make any more... Exactly. Like, I wanted to defend myself. Arguments for yourself. I so, have a question, though. I'm sorry, yes, Sam. I have Go a question. Yeah. I hate to interrupt you here, Dan, though. I feel like you're kind of neglecting his journey in Showtime. 
<laughs> I definitely character am. arc. No, I didn't no, no, even know that no, movie existed. No, no, It is up to our audience, ghosties. Ghosties, you decide, and we will post on the Ghost Lights Podcast, Podcast Instagram, Instagram yeah. a list of all of our drafts, and you get to choose the who Ghost won. Podcast. Pick what, about Mitch's to journey, what about Mitch's journey, Sam? What about Mitch's journey? I'm going to cut your microphone I'm off. Assuming, <laughs> I'm assuming I'm Mitch is the character he played in Showtime. Yeah. Brian's okay. just... Okay. Uh, 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 so Draft the, over. The draft so, is over. I love Sam, uh, explain where we're going from thank here. Thank you, production. Well, um, Ghosties, this has been the 100th episode of the Ghost Sites Podcast. I brought two of my friends on, Brian and Alex Walsh, two of my closest family friends, to, to kind of introduce them to our world. The Ghost Sites Podcast is definitely going to look a little different as we go down the road. The interviews elevating local voices here in Colorado and maybe Albuquerque, that is still going to happen. But we're also going to have a little more fun. I want to introduce a pod variation where we get to tank the Academy. There's so many talented artists out there that have been denied their Oscar love. And every once in a while, I'm going to bring Brian and Alex on to debate which movie should certain actors who have not won an Oscar to get their flowers. We'll have local guests on <laughs> to talk about their favorite actors, or I should say the actor that's being optioned up in this particular moment. They'll be the ones that decide the, the casting final vote. We're not going anywhere. This is the Ghost Lights Podcast. It's episode 100. I want to thank my friends and guests tonight. Alex, Brian, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Sam. Thanks, Sam. I, I, I think we had a lot of fun with this draft. I've never heard of the movie Showtime. Now, Dan, do the damn thing. I would love to do the damn thing. I would also like to say that this episode featured more words by me than any other episode. <laughs>